This episode today is brought to you in partnership with Emergen. Emergen, the global digital business firm, helps some of the world's most respected businesses develop their most promising ideas into valuable digital products and customer experiences faster. For more information, visit Emergen.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-N.com. The insurance industry is the backbone of the economy. It's the reason we're able to take risks, and it's the force that helps put us all back together when disaster strikes. So in this podcast, I'll be spending some quality time with key CEOs and industry leaders to ask them how certain world events can impact the insurance industry and how the insurance industry is impacting the world. We'll also be talking about how they rose to the C-suite. It seems like no one grows up yearning for an insurance career, but here we are. I'm Meg Green, Managing Editor of the online insurance magazine, Insider Engage, and this is CEO Perspectives. The majority of reinsurance contracts renew January 1, but this year the renewal season is running late. Reinsurers, brokers, and insurers are facing challenges including tightening property catastrophe capacity, economic and political turmoil, and a looming recession. Our next guest has sailed through both calm and troubled waters in the insurance industry for four decades. Julian James is the CEO of Global Markets for Sampo International Commercial PNC. He joined the insurance industry at 18, and over the next 40 years, he's led the London operations of several companies, including Allied World, Lockton International, and Lloyd's of London's International Network. Julian, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Meg. It's my pleasure. It's our pleasure to have you. Um, so I'd like to start at the beginning, if we could. Uh, could you tell us about where you grew up? Yeah, Meg, I grew up in the UK. Um, I was born in a village just south of London, uh, halfway between London and the south coast, a little village called Lingfield, um, famous for nothing other than the fact there is a horse racing course there. Um, and I spent most of my childhood uh, in Lingfield and um, actually have memories of a very, very happy childhood there. Uh, I know your dad was a big influence on your career. Can you tell us about what it is he did? My father worked as a, a risk surveyor um, in the insurance industry. He was somebody who was responsible for going around inspecting various sites and making assessment on um, the risks and the exposures to everything from fires to uh, earthquakes. And he flew all around the world. And I just remember him leaving home early in the morning and... Um, coming back late at night and um, as I grew up and understood more about uh, the world of which he was in, I began to have you know, a huge amount of respect for him um, and also you know, the whole world of risk assessment. When, or do you remember uh, when you really understood what it was that he was doing, when you were old enough to understand? Yeah, it probably was after I think I joined the insurance world. I think you don't really understand what anybody does in the insurance world until you get inside it. And um, I started work uh, for a firm of insurance brokers that are now part of uh, Marsh um, back in 1981. And as I was going through my own and going up my own learning curve with the industry, I began to learn about uh, risk management, risk assessment, and I then began to sort of piece parts of the jigsaw together. So 1981, you would have been very young at that time, about 18? Uh, 18, that's, um, you're very good at maths. Um, I still feel <laughs> 18, but that's another story. What is it that you like about the industry? Well, certainly if I, if I reflect upon my time 
in the insurance world, I've been very fortunate because I've traveled all around the world. I've traveled extensively in Asia. I've had the opportunity to live in, in the US and I've seen the industry operating globally, uh, helping business businesses uh, around the world. And as part of that, you get exposed to the tremendous level of resource and intelligence that exists within within our world. And there are some fascinating people. You know, we're at the cutting edge of risk assessment. There are some really interesting global issues that are happening. Um, and th there's, there's never a dull day because there's always something new to learn. And that's what I love about it. And I know you're a sailor. Can you tell us uh, where you picked that up? How, where did you learn to sail? I, I learned to sail when I was at school. Um, it was one of the school sports that we're offering and there was something that just clicked with me you know we, I started sailing it's pretty small boats and as I got older and and bigger I got involved in the London market insurance uh, sailing community and I discovered a love for the ocean I, I love the the challenge of of being on board a boat um, I love seeing the beauty of the oceans um, I love exploring uh, I love the personal challenge that comes, you know, with sailing. I love the fact that a lot of sailing is about teamwork. So whenever I, I leave my office and wherever I don't think about being with my family, I rush towards somewhere on the water. So in your 40-year career in the industry, you have led a number of uh, London market operations and companies. Are there parallels between being the captain of a, a sailing vessel and what you do as a, a, a captain of industry leading an insurer? Without doubt, there are parallels because leadership, whether you're in the office or outside of the office, is, is all about bringing teams together, bringing the best out of individuals, thinking about difficult situations and what you do in those difficult situations. It is about nurturing talent. It's about bringing the best out of people, as I say, and also dealing with the unexpected. You know, I think if I think back of my 40 plus years in, in the insurance world, there have been many unexpected moments, um, sometimes brought about by you know, tragic events around the world and sometimes, you know, self-inflicted um, within the industry. And it's the same with sailing. You know, if you're sailing in the middle of an ocean and you're two days from the nearest land and a storm comes up and, you know, it's not always expected, um, but sometimes you've got to just figure out a way, way to deal with it. How do you prepare for the unexpected? It's sometimes very difficult. Um, I, I think there's always a degree of scenario planning in your mind. I mean, I think there's always thinking through the what if scenarios and you know in the insurance world we spend our lives trying to assess what potential events could happen and how individuals and companies will react to those events and it's the same with sailing i mean you're you're out in the middle of the ocean and you've got to think well what happens when the boat is struck by lightning and you lose all your navigation and maybe there's a fire on board um, so it is about mentally rehearsing, whether you're on water or on land, I think. Wait, what is the name of your boat? <laughs> I was afraid you might ask that because it's an unpronounceable <laughs> name. It's actually a French name, um, which is called Coup de Foudre. And um, if you're a study of the French language, you'll know that it means love at first sight. And was that how you felt uh, when you first discovered the insurance industry as well? It probably took uh, a little bit longer than that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, my first three hours sitting in a conference room. Actually, we start, I, when I started, it was a Sunday night and I was working for a company called Cedric, which became part of Marsh. And um, my first night in the insurance industry was in some small pub in a place called Whittam in Essex outside of London, which is where Cedric had their training centre. And I turned up there and was shown a very small room in a very small pub. And I was told I was sharing with another individual who turned out to be one of my sort of best friends in the insurance world. And I did remember lying there, you know, at night in this sort of small sleepy village thinking, you know, what have I signed up for? And the next day we were taken down the road and taken into the training centre. And, you know, we learned about everything from aeroplanes to oil rigs to um, factories and things like that. And um, that was that was the beginning of my life. But um, I suspect it was longer than a, a couple of minutes that it took me to fall in love with our world. <laughs> A quick break to talk about this episode's sponsor, Emergen. Emergen offers learning, consulting, and technology services to help clients own their transformation and create high-performing teams. For more information, visit their website, emergent.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-N.com. So Julian, you joined Sampo just a couple months before COVID uh, kicked in. Uh, what, what drew you to join the company? That's a, it's a great question, Meg, because actually I decided to, to retire um, and I had an opportunity to do so some years ago and there were very compelling reasons why I wanted to retire. There are many other things that I wanted to do uh, outside the world of coming to the office every day. Um, so I was pretty happy in retirement and I got a call one day from you know one of the legends of our industry, John Charman, who said that I should come back to work and we had a quite an interesting debate and I said John actually I'm I'm really happy doing what I'm doing and he said no you might well be but you'll be a lot happier if you if you came back to the world of uh, insurance and what was happening at Sompo and John is a very persuasive guy so I found myself sitting on his sofa in a very nice office in Bermuda actually overlooking the water water and some lovely sailing boats and he talked about what was going on. And um, I thought this is a really interesting story. It's a real opportunity to to help a company that had ambitions to build out throughout the world and um, become a top 10 global property and casualty insurer. Um, I always thought it'd be fascinating to have the opportunity to, to work with John, who had some an individual I had admired for a long period of time I'd known since the since the 80s um, so I thought well actually uh, let's come back let's sort of hang up my sailing boots and I found myself coming back into an insurance world that um, I didn't realize I'd missed so much for all the reasons I talked about earlier it is a, a fascinating world and a, a great privilege to be part of the insurance industry. And, you know, I like the people I work with. I feel that I have an opportunity to, to help the company be stronger and to develop and build out not just the business, but some of the individuals here. And almost three years later, you know, I haven't looked back. I, I didn't know about the challenge that COVID was going to throw up. But again, you know, it was an interesting time. And I'm very pleased that I saw how the industry responded from the inside um, and I saw how we've helped many businesses back to their feet again and how you know we've navigated through all of that. So 
you know, on reflection, um, John was absolutely right. And I'm very pleased that I listened to him. And I'm very pleased that um, I ended up coming back into our world and joining a great company. You've, you've uh, been in the industry a long time. You've seen many difficult renewal seasons. But we're hearing this particular January 1 renewal is quite challenging with high interest rates, uh, looming recession, economic and political turmoil. How would you describe what you're seeing right now with January 1 renewals? I think it's it's really tough, um, and it's it's very tough for every business, whether you're in the insurance world or outside of the insurance world, and it doesn't really matter where you are in the world. Um, there are probably you know two or three factors that are facing every single business. You know there are it's a very tight labour market around the world. Um, that means higher employment costs. There are huge rises in energy costs. There's massive inflation in raw materials and everything that's going on there. And if you actually kind of think that through and the implications of that, uh, it means that the sort of risk environment for businesses, you know, is increasing. There's tighter cash flow, there's weakened balance sheets. And if you're on the buying side of the business, if you're buying your insurance product, it really leads to you sort of in this greater risk environment with with increasing costs at a time that you probably can't afford um, so much insurance premium. So it's a very, very difficult environment for our buyers. I, I fear that some buyers will react to this by buying less insurance, actually at a time when they should be buying more. So how do you address that concern with clients? Well, I, I think it really leads to um, us going down the path of slightly thinking about how we should be resetting the relationship between the insurance world and, and clients. I get very frustrated sometimes that we as an insurance industry are very inwardly looking. You know, we talk about hard markets, we talk about soft markets, we talk about global catastrophes, we talk about reinsurance costs and all that stuff, when actually we should be thinking about how our clients are having to navigate their way through their own issues. So how you solve it, I think if I was to allow to have a Christmas wish, it would be for us to basically reset the relationship that we have um, with our clients. And that is the big opportunity I think that's facing us. Let's let's not talk about ourselves. Let's Let's talk about how we can help our clients and help think through um, how we as the industry can help them through what we know are pretty tough times that, that, that they're having to live through. Do you see that bringing new opportunities to the industry? As uh, you know, we, we hear a lot about the protection gap in different areas, you know, across property, uh, but also cyber and intellectual property. Um, do you feel like there are areas where the industry could do a better job with new products or new offerings or, or offering coverage that doesn't exist today? Uh, without doubt, um, we can do a lot more as an industry. If I read some of the reports that emerge from the insurance industry, um, we are doing a far better job of thinking through the implications of risk. There's more research published, you know, and whether it's climate change, whether it's actual sort of natural peril risk, whatever it might be, there is a huge depth within our industry in terms of, you know, risk analysis. And the more that we can educate our clients 
about the risks facing their business. And it might be something like supply chain risk, or it might be the risk of, you know, far from a particular material, whatever it might be, we can do a better job um, at sharing some of that research and the implications of that research um, with our customers. And as the insurance industry, part of, you know, our role in the world is to provide risk transfer solutions for our clients. And there's always talk about innovation. There's talk about you know, new products. You mentioned cyber. But I think there is a lot more um, that can be done in terms of us providing products that are better tailored to the needs of our, our customers. You know, you talk also quite rightly about you know the protection gap. And I think there's more that we can do as the insurance industry to close that protection gap for the help of and for the benefit of our, of our clients. So if I was allowed a second wish at this time of the year, um, it would be for us to be more challenging in terms of providing um, innovation and delivering products that actually meet the needs better of our customers. How do you do that? How do you, how do you know what the clients need? How do you create products that are better suited to them? Well, a lot of it comes back to the point I made earlier about trying to understand the needs of clients. And you understand the needs of your clients by, by talking to them. You know, at Sompo, we're doing a lot of work and we're sort of thinking about how we can you know, restructure um, our business to get closer to our clients. It is about putting yourself in their shoes and thinking about what, what they're going through and changing the debate and changing the rhetoric about talking about ourselves. So it is about listening. It is about understanding their needs and then thinking through how we can respond to them. Could you share what you're hearing from clients when you speak to them? What are their big concerns today? They're all suffering from a, you know, a very tight labor market. That leads to increasing employment costs. They're absolutely concerned about the increases in energy costs and the impact that has on, on businesses. Um, they're absolutely concerned about raw material costs, and then that affects everybody. You know, even people sitting sitting in offices. And you know, in in recent years, with you know, things like the, the the fragility of a supply chain has been exposed. You know, we saw that with you know the terrible accident in the Suez Canal. Um, people are still recovering from from COVID, and 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 how that slowed down the world economy. Uh, and you put all of that together, it all leads to an environment where where clients have less money, less luxury of, of margin. And then you overlay that with what we know is an increasing um, risk environment, and whether that's through natural peril or, you know, by other things, other bad things that happen in the world, it, it's quite an explosive cocktail. So come back to how I started, which is, you know, understand what clients are going through and you can better serve them by trying to solve some of the uh, issues that they're going through and understanding the environment in which they're operating. It does sound like a very challenging market. Have you seen one like this before in your tenure in the industry? Yeah, I mean, One of the benefits of being as old as I am, and there are not that many benefits, <laughs> um, is that you've seen a lot of stuff before and I, I've always been amazed and sometimes shocked at how 
new events keep on happening you know people talk about black swan events or whatever but they've been happening ever since i started in the insurance world and it might have been the pollution crisis back in the us in in the 1980s there might have been sort of explosive jury awards and things like that you then had volcanoes that have closed down transatlantic air travel you know terrible terrorist events that we've had to deal with have been global pandemics but every year there's always something that that surprises me um and one constant is that we're always going to continue to be surprised by the unexpected great julian thank you so much for speaking with us today yeah thanks megan really good to connect with you again um, i really enjoyed the chat too so thank you yeah, I'm a little disappointed you didn't name your boat the combined ratio or something. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe the next boat, Meg. <laughs> In this episode, I learned how Julian James used his teamwork skills to lead Sampo International. He also believes the industry could do a better job being customer focused. This is our last episode for the first season. For more information on property casualty insurers, please visit our website, insiderengage.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast series, please tell your friends. And you can register on our website to be notified of future seasons of our podcast. Thanks to Julian James for sharing his story with us today. For our producer, Lindsay Riley at Earshot Strategies for always making us sound good. And my Insider Engage colleagues, Celine Frost, Kareem McGarrow, Michelle Heatherly, Emma May, Goran Panzik, and Pierre Agabala for their help and support. For Insider Engage, I'm Meg Green. Thanks to our partner, Emergen, for supporting our podcast. Emergen is a global digital business services firm with a mission to improve the way people and companies work forever. For more information, visit their website, emergent.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-N.com.